Genesis chapter number 12. The last Sunday night we looked at Abraham and we were in the 15th chapter. Abraham, uh, of course, he was uh, coming off uh, uh, great victories and uh, we saw that he had a word from the Lord. We also see as you follow the life of Abraham that he heard from the Lord quite often. And so we see here, uh, to set the stage, what has just taken place. And we're going to be kind of camping out on verse number 10 here. But let's go ahead and set the stage. Here's Abraham in verse number 12, the beginning of verse number 12. Abraham had a word from the Lord. And the word was, leave your family and just go and I'll tell you where to go. So we see Abraham is now on a walk of faith. And so as he's walking to faith, he comes to the land that was promised him. He comes to Canaan. Canaan was a, a, a land flowing with milk and honey and everything seemed to be going well. It was a promise. God had told him to go there. But then we see, now I, I want us to pay close attention here. Here's Abraham. Abraham is a, a, is a man that we talk quite a bit. Even Hebrews makes mention of him, that he was a man of faith. We see him. He's walking by faith. But I want you to take notice here. In verse number 10, is he's come to the promised land he decides that he needs to walk a little bit more and I want you to look in verse number 10 and this is what the Bible says and he says and there was a famine in the land and Abram went down unto Egypt to sojourn there for the famine was grievous in the land now, we're going to look at uh, verses all the way up to verse number 20. But here, here's the picture here. Here's Abraham. He, he's, God's told him. God, he says, Abraham, you need to leave. Abraham doesn't hesitate. He leaves. He says, now, you just, uh, you just hear from me, and I'll tell you. I will direct your steps. And so uh, that's exactly what Abraham does. And now he's come to Canaan. But something takes place in Canaan that he was not expecting. By the way, you do realize when you get saved, you start your journey of faith. And none of us know what lies ahead, do we? We do not know what kind of tragedy. We do not know any trials or tribulations. But we need to understand, even though you're walking in faith, stuff happens. Okay? And so here's Abraham. The Bible tells us there's a famine. Now, this famine was a test of faith. It was a test of faith. We also see that in this path to Egypt. Now, when you see Egypt, Egypt's always a picture of the world. Okay? And when you see that Egypt's a picture of the world, we need to understand it's also a picture of bondage. Because in the world in which we live, sin reigns. And sin always will keep you in bondage. And so here we see, here's Abram, he's walking, a famine takes place. He doesn't quite understand. Maybe he was thinking like, I really wasn't expecting something like this. I don't know about you, but I've asked that question sometimes along my journey. I really wasn't expecting this. 
And the Lord says, you just hang in there. But here Abram goes on. Notice the word. He goes down into Egypt. See, every time that we walk out of the will of God, we're going to go down. We also see uh, the picture here in Amos chapter 2, verse number 10. You also see it in Amos chapter 3, verse number 1, where it says, as they were being delivered, the Bible says they went up. So when you see Egypt, it's a, you always need to understand it's a downward path. I'm telling you, when you get out of the will of God... You're going to go down. And so here we see that Abraham, uh, he, uh, he goes down. And as he's going down, we see that, we, uh, see that there was, it was a test. It was a test of faith. Now, we see there's a contrast between uh, this uh, scripture here in Genesis and in Ruth chapter 1. See, Ruth chapter 1, remember there was some trouble in that as well. But we see the contrast here. See, she was looking for something better. Abram had what was better. He was in Canaan. He had the best. But something came about that he was not expecting... And it was a test of his faith. By the way, sometimes God will let a famine come into your land to test your faith. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to hinder you. He's just trying to help you. And sometimes we have to have lessons that are hurtful. Are, are y'all with me tonight? And so here he goes. And, and But we see another contrast that's found in 2 Kings, in 1 Kings, uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter 17. You all know the story, Elijah and the widow. And we the, fast forward here, the widow... Uh, she just has enough for her and her son. Matter of fact, she says to Elijah when he comes, he says, I need a drink. She was able to provide that. Then he says, I need something to eat. And then she said, well, I just have enough for me and for my son. And after we eat, we're going to die. That's how bad things were there. But then she understood that he was a man of God. And a man of God speaks godly things. He speaks God's word, and so she was obedient and she exercised her faith. And the Bible says she took what she had in faith and God provided in a miraculous way. And so here we see, first of all, when you're going to the path towards Egypt, you'll always go downward. But I want you to pick up, and we're, we're in verse 11, going through verse number 15. We also see that it's a path that leads to dishonesty. We're here in verse number 11 and 12. Abram goes down. He's in, going into Egypt. And then we see something very interesting. He starts to talk to his wife. And he says, now, you're a good looking woman. By the way, men, that's probably a good thing for you to say to your wives <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> he says, you're a good-looking wife. So he says, I'm a little fearful here. See, he, he he's has a moment 
of weakness of his faith. Now understand, Abraham's a man of faith. We're not talking, I mean, he's been obedient to God and we see later on God speaks to him and he's been obedient. So this is not just someone who's a novice. This is not someone who doesn't know what's going on. This is a man of faith. But I'm telling you, when you're walking in faith, if you're not careful as you're walking towards Egypt, you will fall and you will mess up along the way. None of us have arrived. None of us have arrived. And so we have to constantly be on guard. We constantly have to be prayed up. We constantly have to be in the Word of God. We constantly have to be with a family of God. Because this world wants to do everything it can to bring us down and dishonor us. And when we get dishonored, the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gets dishonored. And so here Satan's orchestrating. We heard about that this morning. He's orchestrating all of that. And so he says to his wife, he says, now I'm telling you what we're going to do. He says, I'm going to tell a lie. That's not what the scripture said. But that's exactly what he did. Now notice, it was birthed in his mind. Brother Shane alluded to this. That's the reason why it's very important for us to be very cautious of what we're listening to and what we're watching. And by the way, it's not just for the young people. That's for all of us. Why? Because if he can plant that little thought in our minds... Sooner or later, it will be acted out. And so here we see that he births a lie. He says, this is what I'm going to say. You just need to go along with me here. He, then we see that it becomes him. Not only does he birth this lie, but he becomes the lie. Here's what happens. One lie will lead to another lie. Am I right? One lie will lead to another lie. Now you say, well, uh, th- this sermon's not for me because I don't have any problems with it. The, principles low, uh, the principles of what we're talking about tonight lies with any sin. It's birthed here. And if you're not careful and repent of that and confess that, it gets into the heart. And if it gets into the heart, eventually it will act itself out. And so here, Abram, he tells this lie, and he says, now, I'm going to tell them uh, this is what, uh, this is going to take place here. And so we see as the story unfolds uh, that uh, we see there's another uh, man that was after God's own heart that, uh, that uh, did the same thing. We're talking about David here. And in 2 Samuel chapter 11, we see that David lied about his sin. And because he lied about that, he had to lie some more, and he had to lie some more, and he had to lie some more, and we all know the story. Now, I want you to understand here, we are talking about lying. The principles that lie is true with any sin, okay? But if you are going to lie, you better have a good memory. Because... It's going to trip you up. It'll trip you up. Now, I, I'm, I'm not going to confess everything and throw my dirt, dirty laundry out here, but I'm telling you, when I grew up, I learned from firsthand experience, you better have a good memory. My brother and I, at times, 
we're left at home by ourselves. Mistake. And uh, we got instructions for went home. But before uh, mom and dad left home, you were not supposed to do that, not supposed to do that. It was a snowy day. My mom had a three speed on the column forward. She got a ride from one of her workers because the roads are a little bad. And of course, dad went out that morning. He says, boys, I bet you better not get in the car. Got you, daddy. Mama leaves. She says, now your daddy's done told you, but I'm telling you again, y'all better not get that car out. We're teenagers by now. You can count on us, mom. So we wait for about an hour and a half. My brother looks at me, I look at him, and we both went, yep. Got our clothes in, we got out to the car. My brother wanted to drive first. He says, I know how to do this. Long story short, we burned the clutch out. So he says, what are we going to do? I say, let's get this car exactly where it was. So we get that thing, we push it there, we made sure the tracks were covered up. Oh, man, we thought we had this thing. We thought CSI couldn't figure this one out. And, and so we got all that ready, and, and, and we go home. And I said, now, but the clutch is burned out. I said, well, hey, we're, we're pleading innocent here. We don't know what happened. We didn't get the car out. And so mom and dad come home, and my brother, even to this day, He'll spill, your, he'll spill his guts. And so conviction came upon him. Went so much on me, but he, he goes and he says, I can't take it no more. He goes in there and he's crying and he's going on. I'm thinking, man, we're doomed. Oh, gosh. And I'm trying to convince him, they'll never know. They'll never know. He says, I can't take it no more. And so he goes in there and I'm thinking, oh, here's the beatings are starting. And, and my dad says, and I heard him because I'm in the back bedroom. And I'm trying to scheme up something else. And, and, and so I hear my dad said, son, he says, you know you're going to have to get in trouble for this. But he says, your punishment, I'm going to go light on because you came and confessed it. I'm in there. I run out. I said, oh, by the way, Dad, I was in on this too. And my brother says, no, he wasn't. He wasn't going to even tell you. And so the long story, what, what I'm trying to say I'm trying to tell you our sins will find us out. Okay? And so here, Paul, uh, Abraham, he, as, he, as he goes, he, he's telling this lie. He, he it birthed in his uh, mind. But I also want you to see that destruction comes about because not only did Abraham's sin affect him, but it started to affect others. Don't buy into that lie that your sin doesn't affect others. The Bible is quite clear. Your sin will affect the body. Doesn't matter if nobody knows about it. God knows about it. And so here, Abraham, because of his dishonesty, now we're seeing that others are starting to have to uh, uh, suffer because of that. Gandhi. Gandhi said this. He said the reason why he did never become a Christian is because of other Christians. Is that not sad? That is a sad testimony of a believer 
who professes Jesus Christ, that because of their actions, it's caused someone else to stumble. Paul takes uh, talks quite a bit about this, about how we should not be a stumbling block. We also see in, in Matthew chapter number 18, verse number 6, uh, where the Bible says, Jesus speaking here, he says, if you, if you offend one of these little ones... It's better for you to put a millstone around your neck and, and jump into the water. Now that word offend means to stumble. I'm telling you, this week of vacation Bible school was awesome. But I'm telling you, those children, our children, are going to be watching. They're going to be watching. And we better be careful what we say and what we do. Now, I had some fun, and I got to confess. I promised the children that I was going to dance. See, some, some of them have, still hadn't gotten over it. I promised them that I was going to dance Friday. I had, I, had a, I had all the intention to do that. I even practiced. Not only that, but I got me a dance coach. One of the children, I went to him and I said, look, I said, man, I said, do you know any dances? And he started naming these dances I've never heard of. And, and you know, the whip, the worm, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm still with the Charleston, you know. what? I, and, and so he, he said, he, he said uh, I said, no, I need, I, now I need a dance that I could easily do. And I said, someone said to do the worm. One of the other children says... Oh, no, I don't think at your age you need to do that one. <laughs> so, so I said, you're right, buddy, you're right. And so I got, I got this guy, and he was showing me some things. I, I had all well intention. Well, if Friday comes, and we had some things that took place, and for some weird reason we thought it'd be kind of cute to have pie thrown in your face and all, all that kind of, And we was running time because we were given the invitation. And so I, I knew our time was getting short, and so I, I needed to go, go ahead and jump into the uh, invitation. And praise God, uh, the invitation was given, and we had 13 more come to give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm telling you, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but I thought about this, and I thought, well, they'll get over it. Now, I know this is a silly illustration, but I started getting convicted about that. I made a promise to these kids. They were wanting to see me going to the orthopedic unit. <laughs> they were all jazzed up that I was going to hurt myself up here. And I didn't follow through with my promise. Had good reason. But to that child, well, you can't trust what Brother Mike says. He said he was going to dance. He didn't dance. I'm hey, this is serious. And you say, well, that's... That, 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 that. Listen, if you make a promise, you must follow through with it. Because... We, the Bible says we ought to be men and women of our word. Amen. And we're telling our children to tell the truth, and here we are, and we can't even follow through with it. I'm telling you, I got beat up over that. And so I'm promising once again, some timing, maybe camp, I don't know, but I'm going to dance for them. And I'm being in the hospital, and you know that, that's okay. But but here we see that one led one lie led to another, and we now see that 
Even though Abraham leaves Egypt, the damage was already done. Because you remember, he got more than what he had when he got back. Now, that doesn't always hold true when you go down to Egypt. Remember the prodigal son in chapter number 15 of Luke? He had all of his inheritance. He had everything that he was, was getting. And the Bible says he lost it all. By the way, that's usually the case when you go back to Egypt. You lose it all. Now, you might, you might have possessions. You might have oh, whatever the case may be. But you will lose more than what you brought in to the situation. So Hagar, uh, we all know, that's one of his servants. Abraham brought her back, and we all know how that story ended up. Because of Abraham's sin, and when he went to Egypt, we are still suffering the consequences even today. Remember Hagar? She had a son called Ishmael. And of course, Abraham had another time of weakness in faith. He goes and Sarah's barren, even though God had promised that he was going to have a son. And so he goes and Hagar comes into the picture. Now there's Ishmael. For 14 years, Ishmael was in the house. Then God delivered on his promise. And he gave Abraham and Sarah a son, and the son's name was Isaac. And we see how all that worked out, don't we? <laughs> Somebody had to leave the house. Somebody had to leave. For 14 years, as long as Ishmael was ruling the roost, everything was okay. When that other boy came, conflict started. And it's still going on today. Go to the Middle East. What's going on in the Middle East goes back to Abraham's sin when he went back to Egypt. I'm telling you, we need to pay close attention. We need to guard our hearts. We need to be sure that we put on the whole armor of God because I don't care how strong you're in your faith today, tomorrow you can slip just like that, just like Abraham did. But then we see, not only did... Abraham caused others to sin. We see in verses 18 through 20 the disappointment that came about. Look at verse number 19. Pharaoh, who's a non-believer, okay? He goes to Abraham and he says, Abraham, why didn't you tell me that this was your wife? Because he was fixing to take her. He said, why didn't you tell me the truth? Pharaoh, lost man. Abraham, saved man. Lost man goes to a saved man and says, why didn't you just tell me the truth? That's a sad testimony to a lost and dying world. And we need to be careful that when we're going out to a lost and dying world, you need to be honest in your dealings. And I'm going to say something here, and I want you to know my heart. We need to be, when we're going into businesses, 
We don't need to go expecting because they're a brother or sister that they ought to give us some kind of a discount. We ought to go in there, and if God's led them on the heart to give us the gift, well, praise the Lord. But I'm telling you, I hear this quite often. I hate dealing with believers. I've talked to a number of waitresses and, and servers who tell me that the worst tips they get is on Sunday after church lets out. God help us. How in the world are we going to give a testimony to life-changing experience with the Lord Jesus Christ when we're trying to take something for nothing and when we can't even be honest? And that's what we're doing. And so here as he looks and he says, why didn't you give me the truth? But notice what he tells him. He said, take her and get out. Now do you wonder why? A lost world doesn't want us come knocking on their door because of our testimony. Do you understand? I'm not, I'm not being mean. I'm, not, I'm just telling you, we got to be careful. The world, the lost world is looking to us. They're lost. They're dying. They're in darkness. And here we have life and we ought to exhibit love and we ought to be honest and we ought to have integrity and they can't even find it in us. No wonder they say, just get out. And you know what? I don't much blame them. I don't much blame them. So Abraham here, he's a man of faith now. This man of faith at a moment of weakness has caused much damage. We see the damage is still going on today because of Hagar. We see here that Pharaoh just told him, just go and get out of here. Just, 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 Just take her, get out of here. And probably died and went to hell because Abraham, for just that fleeting moment, had a weakness in his faith. Don't tell me that it can't happen to you. It can. It can. But what do we do? Well, we do what we're supposed to. We confess our sin. We repent of that sin. And we ask for forgiveness for that sin. Now, the damage is still done. The damage is still done. But here's what you can do. And maybe tonight somebody needs to do that first thing in the morning. You've gone into a business. Or you've had a business dealing with someone. Or you told somebody and you promised them. And you didn't deliver on that promise. Here's what you can do. You can go to that person. And say, I'm sorry. I know I promised I was going to do that. I didn't follow through. And, and, and don't go and do something like, well, you know, I really had good intention. Could you cut me a little slack? I really, don't, don't do that mess. Just go and tell them you're sorry and say, I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only have I offended you, but I offended my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I want you to know, I'm sorry that I told you something I did not deliver on. When I see the kids, and every chance I get, I'm going to tell them, I'm sorry. I'll pray on a promise 
I didn't deliver on it. Hey, this is, I'm to say, that's, no, it's serious. It's serious. And so here, what we can do is that you can go to that party that you offended. Maybe you had a business dealing and you lost your cool. Now, I know that's hard to believe that somebody in this congregation could do that. You went in there and you just ripped them into them. Now, it might have been justified, I don't know. But you didn't have to act like that. It could be that that person's lost. It could be that's one of the ones that says, I just hate dealing with Christians because they all like the same. They think they ought to get something for nothing. And then if we make a mistake, they rip into us. And they, they, man, I'm telling you, they rip into us. They're cuss mean, do everything like that. I'm telling you, you need to go and you make amends for that. You need to tell them that you're sorry for your actions. Said, so what if they don't, why not if they don't accept it? You did what you're supposed to. You'll be amazed how that bridge that you thought you burnt could be repaired by you just humbling yourself and swallowing your pride a little bit and going and admit that you messed up. Y'all with me? And so here, Abraham, we see that he goes down to Egypt. As he's going down to Egypt, he messed up. But if you continue to read the life of Abraham, God was still able to use him. Aren't you glad that even when you mess up, God can still use you? There's some of you here tonight, you've messed up. But God can still use you. God wants to use you. But you've got to repent and confess that sin. And you make amends for what you've done.